For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. is up wizards fans welcome to another believe in wizards podcast i'm your host matt moderno i've got osman beg of bull trevor joining me here in a minute we're gonna talk about the Rui hatchamora trade what it means why they're doing it what it i don't know why we should feel a certain way about it we'll get into all that kind of good stuff here in a minute when os joins me first i just want to say uh thank you to friend of the show eric erdinson eric uh reached out about reached out about fulfilling my official drink sponsor of the believe in wizards podcast uh plug last episode it works for stateside vodka. We're gonna see if we can work something out. Just cool to have an official drink of the show, so I can uh, get good and liquored up when I do these podcasts in the future. If we keep driving people away for Kendrick Nunn and second round picks, I'm gonna need all the booze I can get. So, uh, shout out Eric. We'll uh, keep you posted on all that stuff. Maybe we can do like a cool giveaway here on the show. The other official sponsor of the podcast is Bet Online. Bet Online remains your number one source for all sports betting needs this season. Everything from NFL playoffs to pro and college basketball, UFC, MMA, and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. With live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable, Bet Online is truly the fastest and easiest to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use our promo code BELIEVE, B L E A V, to receive your rewards. Bet Online, where the game starts. Okay, with that, let's just get to my combo with Oz and, and let's talk uh, Rui and send him off appropriately. Okay, just like to welcome in Oz at this point. Oz, you and I, I think, have been higher on Rui Hachimura than I, I would say a lot of people in this fan base. So how are you feeling after news that he is most likely traded? Oh, man, I'm, I'm thrilled for the guy. You know, it's kind of weird when uh, I was also a Kelly Oubre fan and there obviously Kelly Oubre is kind of stayed the same player um, that he has since then. So, and I was more like annoyed when he got traded, especially because the return was just terrible. Yeah. Um, and it was such like a, a babysitter type trade to get, you know, like um, to bring in someone to get wall and be able to get along and, and fix the chemistry. So that just really irritated me. This one, it's like, um, look, Rui's a flawed player. He has limitations. Um, he, but he plays his role and his role is valuable to this team. Mm. Um, I believe there were, I mean, we saw it in December when they went on that 10-game losing streak. And basically throughout the entire month that he missed with his ankle injury, they, they could not score a point off the bench. They were 27th in the NBA in points per game off the bench. Um, since he has been back, they are now 27th in the, I mean, sorry, 12th in the NBA in points per, points per game off the bench. And they are 8-6. and six. So all there, there are other components there. There's DeLon Wright. There's some, you know, return to health of other players. Um, his 
presence in the lineup does help and kind of goes to like a whole, like, you know, people speak to efficiency. It kind of happens every year with these like six man of the year scoring types. Right. When they, when they win, everyone's like, Oh, they really stink. Look at their advanced numbers, but they're playing a role that they need that. Need. Yeah. You, you need some yes. energy scoring, some microwave stuff. You need someone, even if the starters are good, you need someone who could at least keep like hold serve yep. or stay close to holding serve while the starters sit versus having to just play the starters, not like continuously. So he play, he's played that role, but I totally get this move from the Wizards' perspective and from and from Rui wanting out. On that Rui point, though, I, I think it, it's also worth noting that while his individual stuff may suffer because of it, he's also playing around guys that can't really get their own shot a lot of the times. Like, if you're next to Gafford, you need somebody to just put the ball on the rim for him at a certain point. Like, right. And so, you know, I do, I wish he had played with his head up a little more and passed, you know, at least once in a while to show defenses mm-hmm. he might. Sure. But I do think that like, to your point, that'll be hard to replicate. So uh, we're doing this like as this is happening in real time. So the ink is not dry. The wizards have uh, not published anything specific, but the deal does look like it is Rui Hachimura to the Lakers for Kendrick Nunn, a 2023 second round pick that's coming via Chicago, which could be a valuable second round pick this year, a 2029 LA second round pick, and then the less favorable of the 2028 Washington and LA second round picks. So it's essentially three second round picks and Kendrick Nunn. You know, I think I tweeted earlier today that Wizards fans should adjust expectations when they were kind of talking about like, oh, you know, we should hold out for a first. And it sounds like the Wizards were even holding out uh, for a first round pick and, and then finally just said, you know, all right, we got to do something. I think Jake Fisher of Yahoo tweeted that on Friday, the Lakers had offered none and two second round picks. The Wizards wanted a first. And then today, uh, you know, he said if they added a third, the deal would get done. And it sounds like it got done. So yeah. I, I, I don't really kind of fully get this move in a vacuum from the Wizards perspective. Uh, you know, uh, Sam Amico also tweeted out, from a rival scout saying to Hoopswire, why do you rush to make that trade? If you're the Wizards, I know for a fact they can do better than what the Lakers are offering for Hachimura. So to me, the only way this makes sense is if none is just salary filler to go into a future deal that Hachimura presumably would have gone into, but you needed to flip Hachimura for extra assets to get a deal done. So if some of these second round picks are going in as sweetener in some bigger deal, then I think you could maybe justify why they need to do this. And that maybe also justifies the timing component of this, because if you've got some other deal that's kind of on the fence and you don't have enough ammo to do it, you got to turn somebody into some kind of resources quickly. That's the only thing I can figure to try to make sense of this deal. Am I crazy? Like, do you see this differently? Where are you at with this? Um, no, no, you're not crazy at all. <laughs> it Good. makes sense at first, yeah. And um, it, because otherwise, if it was really just about moving on from Rui, you would just push it out to the deadline yeah. and wait for the best deal. Yeah. Um, these picks is it's basically our 2023 second round pick back, mm-hmm. which was top 36 protected. So we get it if it is out of the top 36. So it kind of ensures that we get our pick back. I think you sure. know that seems um, like a then, safe bet. And then 2028 and 2029 second round picks, which to Tommy, don't, don't really have immediate value to him. Sure. Do they help him get another extension? Not yep. really. Um, unless, they're, unless, like you said, they're used as part of another deal. 
So does he now have what he needs to get us uh, the next deal done? Um, or is he kind of just taking, you know, or did the situation become so untenable with Rui after him wanting out and it becoming public that they just had to move on? I kind of doubt that happened because yes, in New York, he, Rui looks disinterested, disengaged, mm-hmm. played bad, played poorly. But then you saw against, um, against Orlando on Saturday, he was just, he was crushing it. And to that point, like his production off the bench when he is on does like lead to lead to good results for the team. So if they're, if they're trying this whole play and approach, they need him, especially think, with Porzingis now out. <laughs> Oz, do you think that that magic game being so productive for Rui maybe adds to the timing of this where they were like, shit, we got to strike while like, this is the most recent memory of, of teams, you know, like that they're like, Hey, he See, dropped 30. Maybe they got that extra second round pick because of that game. Yeah. I don't know. Like maybe that, but to, to say Amico's point, I don't know how reliable that, that is, but sure. he has been a reporter in the league, uh, you know, around the NBA for a long time. So you could take it, take it with a grain of salt or not. He knows, he knows a few people. He knows a few sure. people. Right. Yeah. So um, to his point, there were still better deals out there. Yeah. So was there really this rush? Um, so I don't, yeah, it's, it's the timing is all strange. You have Jay Crowder throwing out some, some ambiguous tweets right now too. You got, you got like uh, Megan McPeak saying, and here we go. So you don't know really what's next. Yeah. I would be surprised if something is not next, because if you look at the team, if their goals have not changed, which is to make the postseason, you are now missing Christoph Porzingis for several weeks, mm-hmm. um, who is known to be kind of a notoriously slow healer. Yeah. Um, and you have to be careful with him. And they're not going to rush him in any way, shape or form, especially no, before the deadline. If there's a world where you could trade him. Correct. And uh, so you're missing him. You're missing your bench score who they, their bench struggles without. So they are not a better team today than they were when they took the court Saturday night against the Orlando magic. Um, So that doesn't really, what, what they are now, it doesn't really align with their plan. So did they alter their plan or is this part of getting back? I, I think it's more so I'd have a hard time imagining them altering their plan unless unless like Kyle or Kristaps were traded in the next couple of weeks. If this deadline ends with this being the only move for the Wizards, I would be absolutely shocked. And it's one, it would be a, a big failure on their part. Yeah. And two, I, I can't imagine that's their plan. So it means things went terribly wrong if that yeah. happened. So yeah. I, I'm going to reserve judgment on this move until I see what the other things look like. I think Michael yeah. Lee tweeted out, you know, what are the second round picks to a franchise that keeps missing on lottery picks? I mean, yeah. there's definitely something to that. Like Tommy Shepard has valued second round picks more than Ernie Grunfeld did. Ernie, you know, they were poker chips to throw in for him on stuff and, and right. he didn't do anything with them either. But uh, he hasn't capitalized on, on any of those picks. And you've got no. our guy, uh, Martin Gorthot, uh, you know, posting who the second round picks are and, and, and Greg Finberg and people like having funny tweets about just like, you know, here's the great track record of second rounders for the wizard. So if you're Tommy, you can't feel confident about trading those for assets. Although if you're like, Hey, I've been so bad in the lottery that they produce like <laughs> second round picks anyway, maybe I just need more second round picks. Like, I don't, I don't know what the thinking could be there otherwise. Yeah. And it's in like, to that point, it is something where you don't blame the fan for being, Hey, you got second round picks, but you don't, your hit ratio is zero in the second round. Right. And Tom, Tomas Sadoransky is the only second round pick who's played meaningful minutes. Yeah. Ever. A solid player. Right. <laughs> yeah. So you, you don't, you have zero track record there. So fans should be upset with the return 
um, unless the return is going to be moved elsewhere. And you do need those. You do need those things. You need second round picks to kind of make smaller trades. And it's like, it's also interesting. Like they got three seconds for Rui. Yes. Two of them are, are late, but it's like, all he heard was like, Oh, he's a terrible player. He's an expiring, yeah. but a horrible, you know, and, and usually these kind of fourth year expiring guys go for less, yeah. almost nothing else. Yeah. Or another, have, another guy just in their same situation. Somewhere right. Else. And then you have Sam Amico saying they could have gotten more. So like maybe the truth is in the middle, maybe some teams value what he could bring sure. even, you know, more so than, you know, I don't I, I'm not going to say the Wizards didn't value it because I think given their brothers, they would have just kept him in this role. Yeah, but, so. you know, what can you do? Like uh, when you're when you're um, a sub 500 team, that's going to be like dancing with the luxury tax. Tommy Shepard is like the ultimate, like good old boy used car salesman. He's going to finger gun at the other GM as he walks through the arena. He's mm-hmm. Mr. Relationships and stuff like that. Do you think there's any component of this where it's just like. Rob Polinka's like, hey, we did you a solid before, you know, like you, you owe us one, buddy. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, like, I, I, I mean, I'm sure that's not like what made them do the deal, but got, GMs do like to trade with guys they like to trade with. Like you see the same teams trade with the same teams. And there's clearly some background between the Wizards and the Lakers, because I don't know, depending on the year where their farm system or their our farm system. So mm-hmm. th- th- there's at least some connection there. Well, with Th- Thomas Bryant, Troy Brown, and now Rui probably all being rotational guys on the Lakers, it looks like we're their farm system. Yeah. yeah. Um, so so uh, I think there's something to that. I mean, he probably could have gotten a better return elsewhere. Sure. Um, but, you know, there's probably some value in just maintaining those relationships. I don't think it was more like a favor back, but it's like, hey, we're comfortable dealing with you. Maybe there's more down the road and you just keep those channels open, you know? Yeah, yeah I agree. Uh, so. Uh, Woj also tweeted out that Hachimura and the Wizards were unable to agree on a rookie extension prior to the season, and the train became more likely as Kyle Kuzma solidified himself as a priority to sign a long-term deal in the Wizards front court. Do you see this impacting the Kuzma situation at all? Like, is Kuzma more likely to be here because Rui's gone, in your opinion? So, I mean, it was their choice who they wanted to pay, and they could have just let Rui walk, done a sign and trade in the summer, or just like, again, wait until the deadline, see and see what else is out there. So I think this is spin. I don't sure. think it really has any bearing unless Kyle is, comes to an agreement with the Wizards, like a handshake agreement, like mm-hmm. doing this deal. And I don't see why he would do, like, let's put ourselves in his shoes. I think w- what on the Wizards side, especially amongst the fans, like you have a lot of this, oh, well, now we're cool. We could give Kyle his four year, $100 million deal and we're all set. Um, yeah. He's a free agent. He's an yeah. unrestricted free agent. On the Woj pod last week, he actually said he is one of the few players who in, it, it, who is an unrestricted free agent this early in his career. Right. So he is keenly, he is definitely aware of his situation, mm-hmm. how unique it is and what kind of leverage that gives him. So there's definitely a naivety to amongst Wizards Twitter, amongst Wizards fans, like, oh, we're all good. Kuz is just going to stay. And maybe it's because we, you know, we kept Bertans and we kept Kratat and we kept those guys, but Kyle's going to have options. Hmm. There are like 10 teams with at least 25 million in cap space. A lot of them back on the West coast. And we know Kyle loves the West coast, you know? So he has, he has options. He is, I can't imagine. I mean, he's, he's routinely, I like said, he's like, look, it's a business. He's a businessman. Like he's going to make the best basketball business decision. He's not, I can't imagine him giving the Wizards a hometown discount. Yeah. You could keep him. You're not, you're not getting him you're not on getting the cheap though. Maybe yeah. he gives the Wizards like as big of an opportunity as anyone else. And sure. 
I can't even imagine giving him say, Hey, I'll come back with the best deal. I'll give you guys. Unless it's the role thing. Like if, if Porzingis is gone and you're the number two guy and it's a better role for the same money, then maybe you stay. Maybe. But even then, like you have the Kings who he, who have cap room, he can walk in there and with Fox and with uh, Sabonis, he could probably be the number two scorer there because Sabonis is such a good facilitator, you know? Um, you have LA. Does LeBron come back to come to him and say, Hey, this time around, you're going to have a much bigger role. You have a lot of teams that he could probably have a top three role on. If he's insistent on having 20 shots and being like a top two guy. Yeah. This is probably the best fit, best fit for him. But again, it's not going to be at a discount. They're going to have to outbid a lot of teams to get him. So I don't think it, and putting you again, again, yourselves in his shoe. Here's where he is now. He's looking at this team. There's no Przingis. They lost uh, a bench player who he had some chemistry with. Right. Like I think we all noticed over the past few weeks. Yeah, there's Kuz a surge there. Back in. there was definitely Kuz would look for Rui. Rui would play off him well. So there was mm-hmm. definitely some, some, some kind of synergy to use a West Huntsville yeah. junior where there was just definitely some chemistry there. So the team is in worse position now. Um, they are, I would guess, less likely, barring a second move, to be like a play-in type team. What like what's the well, okay? Here's let me ask you: What is bringing? What is like telling him? Hey, I want to stay here. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants—they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's literally that, is like that this team will feature me as a, as a big enough piece, and I've won a ring already. Where can I go and be the man? And he mentioned the Coos brand a couple times in that interview. Mm-hmm. Would you want to go be in LA as the third, fourth guy potentially uh, on certain nights, or could you be in Washington and be the number two guy? Even if you go to, let's say, Sacramento, you know, Fox is there on a max, Sabonis is there on a max, like even Herder's balling out. Like on some nights, you're probably the fourth option there too. So I, I think that's the only angle I could see. And and I'm I'm not yeah. Kyrie. I don't believe the Earth is flat. I'm not JJ Redick. <laughs> I do believe in dinosaurs, but I do own a tinfoil hat. And I, I think there's multiple things that say the wizards want to keep Kuzma long-term. Troy talked about it on here last week mm-hmm. that he's their preference. And now Porzingis goes down with an ankle sprain that's immediately listed as week to week, which is not something the wizards ever typically do. No matter how serious the injury, they've almost always been careful to phrase things as day to day. So I'm like, is there a world where, Hey, we're going to work on exploring something for Porzingis. Let's just like keep this dude neatly on the shelf. I'm not saying he didn't roll the ankle or whatever, but that you've already said week to week, it gives you a, like an upfront justifier to keep him, you know, safe and on ice for as long as possible while you work (laughs) out some other stuff also gives you the opportunity to prop up Kuzma as much as you want. If you're going to potentially trade him. So yeah, you're going to have him in a huge role ahead of the deadline. The usage is going to be insane. And typically Kuzma is more efficient when it's him and Beal, I think, just because mm-hmm. he doesn't have to do all the other creation stuff. You you see like seven turnover Kuzma when it's just him and Porzingis. Like, it's not that Porzingis is the worst player or whatever. It's just, I, I think what Kuzma is then asked to do is a little different. So 
I'm not saying that they're doing anything sneaky with Porzingis, just that I don't know that they're going to rush this guy back before the deadline if they don't have to, because one, they can feature another guy and two, they can protect him a little bit. If he comes back and looks like shit on a bum ankle, teams get nervous all of a sudden. Does that hurt his value? So I think it lets them kind of do best of both ways. And if they want to keep Porzingis, they could kind of point to this injury saying, hey, you know, we didn't rush you. Yeah. We allowed you to take your time. Sure. Like maybe we'll give you more years on a long-term deal, but you got to give us a little bit break on the price, you know? So I think I, I still think that kind of might be more it. Like this is let's protect Porzingis, show him that we're invested in him long-term. I mean, Beal is repeatedly like when he came back, he was like, he, the first player he mentioned, he's like playing off Porzingis. Like he's Mm -hmm. keenly aware of like how Porzingis opens up the floor and what kind of defensive attention he draws. Yeah. I think if, if Porzingis was not in the plans and if they didn't get a good return for him, I think then you might have Beal who's questioning what's going on here. Uh, and maybe we bury the lead here. I just assumed most people had heard this by the time they've listened to this podcast, but Chris Epps Porzingis was listed as week to week while he recovers from a sprained left ankle suffered in the third quarter of the Orlando Magic game on Saturday night. Again, the week to week wording was interesting because They didn't even say week to week for Rui's thing. And that ended up being multiple weeks. Brad's hamstrings were day to day. So just, just interesting choice there. Porzingis has played in 41 of 46 games so far this season. So he's been pretty durable. I give him credit for that. Uh, Oz, the other thing you you mentioned here, I want to circle back to is just how valuable Rui has been to this team. They were three and 13 while Rui was out They're eight and six with him in. He's averaging, you know, 12 and a half or 13 points a game, a couple rebounds, things like that. Is there any world where Tommy Shepard, Mr. Bylow, looks at Kendrick Nunn as a guy who could come in and provide some of that uh, bench scoring for them? He's, he's 27 years old, for anyone not familiar with Nunn. He broke onto the scene in 2019-2020 for the Miami Heat. In two seasons in Miami, he played 123 games. One of those being the bubble years, he averaged 15, three and three, but in, in, he missed all of last season and in 39 games so far this year with the Lakers, he's averaging six and a half points or 6.7 points, one and a half rebounds and about one assist. So do you think they think they can recoup his value or, or is he just a throw in, in your opinion? I think he's just a throw in to get the salaries to work. I don't, I mean, they have Monte, they have Delon, they have Goodwin who they want to convert to a standard NBA contract. And um, they even have Chris Dunn on the mm-hmm. go-go, who they've begun start to start talking about on the post-game show, which kind of raises raised my eyebrows. Yeah. So I I don't think Kendrick Dunn has kind of a future here. He's he was I believe what was it second in the Rookie of the Year. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, he was really good. Yeah, he was good as a rookie. There's always there was some baggage in college. Um, I don't want to really get into, but. I'm going to get into it because well, yeah, if you want to get into that's good. I I would not want him to be part of the team. (laughs) Yeah. I I think if if any part of this is true and he did eventually plead guilty to it. So I imagine some part of this is true. He he does not fit the squeaky clean image uh, that, that the wizards have tried to present for the guys that they look forward to. If you want to go look it up, you can do more details, the quick and dirty. uh, So he got kicked out of the Illinois basketball team Uh, When he pled guilty to a battery charge, uh, he was accused of hitting a woman in the head, pushing her to the ground and pouring water on her. He got two counts of domestic battery uh, that were dropped as a part of a plea deal involved there. Um, You know, domestic violence is is no joke. Like, I mean, I 
I yeah. just don't think that this is the it's, kind of guy that they've seemed to um, resonate with. Although, to be fair, there were some Porzingis allegations as well, and that did not deter them um, from going out to get him either. So, so maybe they think young guy, it's in their past. We're willing to look past it. I, I don't know, but it, it doesn't strike me as a big choice or a, a favorable choice for them. At least it, it actually used to really bug me when he was in Miami. And I was like, how did, Oh, the heat did it again. They yeah. got, they found this guy. There was a reason he was available when right, he was. Exactly. Yeah, he had to go to Oakland for Oakland university for a reason. Right. There was a reason. And again, may what he did was if he pled guilty. So assuming and he pled guilty for a reason, sure. it's, it's not good. You know, it's just bad. Yeah. Um, do you give guys a chance to kind of rehab, like kind of turn, turn who they are? Sure. But applying his scenario, like it's like you said, it's not the type of guy that Tommy's been after. He would be the fourth point guard here. And he's no, he's not a clear upgrade over any of the other three. So just, there's no reason to bring him into like, I I just don't see like, he's probably going to be either moved again or probably bought out in my opinion. I'm with you. To me, he represents the $6.2 million or whatever his contract right. is. It's it's the same thing Rui represented. If you had wanted to, you could have just traded Rui for second round picks. Like the only reason to take none back is either you believe in him as a player that you could rehab his value or two, you just need him to be a part of a larger deal. And the Wizards don't really have a lot of contracts in that range that they seem likely to move. They're not going to move Abdiya, most likely. They're not going to move Kispert, yeah. most likely. So could this be uh, him and Barton now go for somebody with right, some picks or something? contracts? Yeah, exactly. hundred percent. So, uh, you know, maybe, maybe Tommy's turned over a new leaf and, and they're not as worried about squeaky cleanness. I, I don't know. Um, there are certain organizations I would say that kind of haven't cared about that as much in the past. Uh, the wizards to me are, are willing to do it for someone like Porzingis because he's so good. Yeah. And I don't know that he was ever um, formally, uh, convicted of or pled guilty to anything. So maybe that's right. easier to rationalize. Right. I also think it would, it would just send a bad message to the locker room. None has not played well um, yeah. for years. Yeah. Goodwin has worked his way up and has earned that NBA contract. If they were to all of a sudden bump none ahead of him, mm-hmm. it just looks bad. You know, yeah. right. it probably doesn't resonate well in the locker room. Um, Goodwin, if he's just stuck in the G league, will. I can't imagine it being happy with it. Sure. But so it just, I, you know, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt and think and assume that he is not a part of this team and it doesn't affect anything in terms of their planning to bring Jordan Goodwin up eventually. I hope so, man. I just want our boy Jordan to get, get a real yeah. fair shake I mean, it here. would be totally unfair to him. And I can't imagine it would reside. It would like sit well with some of his teammates who have seen him kind of grind his way to it, to presumably an NBA deal to have, Kendrick Nunn walk in off poor play and just take his spot, you know? Also, like if you can't draft in the lottery for shit, you should like have the biggest shining example is, yeah, but I find all these gems undrafted and you yeah. point to the good wins of the world and some of these That's other you guys. you sell yourself. Yeah, exactly. We, we bought low on some other dudes that like we do have an eye for talent, even though it hasn't presented itself as well as we'd liked in the lottery. Right. And hey, our lottery picks haven't been bad. And if they hit on the next lottery pick, all of a sudden the track record is magically forgiven, in my opinion. Because it's like, what, 25% chance of drafting an all-star to, yeah. like at the 10th pick. If all of a sudden he's, if he finds one next year, then he's one for five and he's at least close to that on top of his good trade history. So yeah. the line is, you know, the line, it's, it's not a big line to jump over, but he just hasn't shown any ability to, to find that. 
And if you're Tommy Shepard, like I'm sure he's not like scrolling through Twitter. At least I hope he's not. Maybe he's got a burner. I don't know. But you've got to hear some chatter when like people that work for the Washington Post or on ESPN are talking shit about your draft record all the time. And to me, like I would literally be promoting Jordan Goodwin every single place I go from now until the end of time. I would give him a second contract of some sort. I'd give him a first contract first, but yeah. uh, you know, that that's the guy you cling to. And that's the guy, if you do end up with these third round picks, third round picks, Jesus, uh, <laughs> I guess that's what we're calling undrafted guys at this point. If you end up with the three second round picks, like Jordan Goodwin is the guy I point to. Uh, McCurry Maker is the guy I point to. Quentin Jackson is the guy I point to. And I say like, look, I have an eye for finding these like, you know, diamonds in the rough kind of players. So um, that's why we wanted more of these second round picks. We're investing yeah. in the go-go. So if they don't get traded, I think that's the spin you see from this organization. Right. <sighs> Oz, like, I don't know where we go from here, man. Like I, like you brought up like kind of the ultimate question. If, if you're Tommy and you've said like, we're win now, you know, the, the eighth seed is not our goal, even though really it was the 10th seed that you've said, like, we're going to go all in and, and do this. You've just flipped your first ever lottery pick for second round picks yep. and, and some salary filler. Like this looks really bad for you if you don't do something now or make this happen. And if you say, look, we've got to blow it up. I've got to dump all my guys I drafted for the littlest shit possible and get mm-hmm. any kind of value back. How could an owner justify saying like, you're the guy we're going to commit to in a rebuild? Like if you do this with Rui and you do it again with any of the other picks, mm-hmm. you've just admitted failure. And to me, like there, there's no justification for, for committing to a guy like that longer term. So a couple of things I, I, I think might happen and just speculating. Um, we could, so on your pod last week with Troy, mm-hmm. he had mentioned that he thinks they're going to try to get an extension done with Denny. Sure. Now, I, what I like to do an exercise I like to do is put myself not in the wizard's shoes, but in the other other party's shoes, mm-hmm. and then kind of think things out. It kind of helps you think of, hey, yeah. this this trade on the trading machine looks dumb, you know. Which is a great perspective, right? We never do that. It's always like, why won't the Bucks trade us a first round pick and last exactly. year's first round pick for our second round pick? <laughs> so people might think when I reply to them on Twitter, like I'm being a smartass. It's like I'm not trying to be a smartass, but I'm like, put yourself in their shoes and be like. Why would you do this? So if you you're are, Denny, but it's warranted. And I appreciate yeah, it's little, it. So. It's a little bit of, you know, <laughs> I'm sure, look, there's a little bit of that in there. So, so if you're Avdia, you're not playing the role you want to play. Even if the team wants to commit to you, they're probably looking for a bargain, right? Mm-hmm. And this goes like beyond like, how could they even do that if they do manage to keep Kuz and Porzingis? Yeah. So there's a lot of moving parts so that we just don't know how this is going to play out. Like, so on one hand, Tommy could just say next year, he could, if he gets obvious signed to an extension this summer, he could say, Hey, look, I kept one of my first round picks. This is the guy we're investing in. Yeah. But does Danny even want to do that? Does Danny, is Danny going to set like not believe in himself? And he exudes probably an inordinate amount of confidence. Some like, you know, mm-hmm. um, I can't, I'd have a hard time imagining him taking an extension now right? because he'd probably bet on himself. Agreed. Unless they're sure he can't do better elsewhere. There's Unless no they're chance. positive he can't do better elsewhere. That's correct. But then even then, look, Rui, who everyone says is very limited, still had multiple teams interested in him. Sure. So Danny might be seeing that and be like, hey, if I, if I don't like it here, I could. <laughs> He's like, 
Look at Rui. Rui is now playing with LeBron. He's going to be on national TV every night. He's going to be playing 20 to 25 minutes a game. And Denny would have more trade value than than Rui. I think exactly that's, because that's of his definitely. defensive because of his defensive capability. So it's like that's my floor. Why wouldn't I just risk it and knowing that that is my floor? Yeah. So I mean, there's a couple like so you have to think about how can they pay Kuzma, Porzingis, and Denny? Would Denny take a discount now? And then will we just be doing the same exercise 12 months from now when Denny? wants or requests a trade when he's not signed to an extension. Probably because so. If he does not agree to an extension, like how many, like it, the, it, that's the exit ramp. That's mm-hmm. like the, I want out. That's the yeah. sign. Goodbye. And so many times, like even this past summer, when they didn't come to an extension, that was the time to do a trade. Mm-hmm. And I think when we had, and a lot of people had said, Hey, you have a lot of fours. You have a lot of fours. You got to make a move. It kind of was like, Oh, why trade? You don't trade just for the sake of trades. And this team is just always reactive versus proactive. And this is just another example of that. So now they're, you know, we'll see some moving parts. We'll see Tommy try to like put lipstick on a pig and make the best out of the situation. But it's, it's reactive. It's like it's not what their plan was. It's still early before the deadline, which means it might be a while before they make another move. Mm-hmm. I think, again, the only reason I think you make this move now, because I can't imagine it was an expiring, you know, time offer from the Lakers at this point was if you have like another deal that's like really far along. Although I would just like to see Tommy Shepard do the press conference where he tries to sell this to people because just whatever he says will be fucking hilarious. Like I'm picturing now like, oh, Kendrick, we scouted him when he was in Little League and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) And, you know, he's he's only he's like a young 27 years old because he got to rest last season. And, you know, he's the 15 point per game guy, not the six point game, you know, like I just. I'm, I, I can already hear like the shit he's going to sling at us. And, and I just want that to happen. So I, I'm hopeful that there's a gap between this and the next deal. Yeah. It's just, you know, the whole situation is just weird. I can't, it's, you definitely know when the move is coming next. When is it mm-hmm. going to come next? How much does it set them back in their quest for the plan as they set up that next move? And then we still are, I put out a tweet there um, on the weekend, kind of just, speaking to Troy's point about what their payroll situation is like. Yeah, and rough. it's hard, even totally removing kind of the spin now is they needed to move Rui so that they could pay Kuzma, right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of like the spin that you're hearing out there. Sure. I don't, even if you didn't never factor it in Rui, it was always going to be difficult to pay for Zingas, Kuzma, Beal, because just filling out the roster, you have Gafford going up to 12 million. You have Denny at over 6 million. You have, um, Monte Morris at close to 10. I mean, you have so many players making those like big chunks. Mm-hmm. They are in the tax at like 10 or 11 players. If you sign, if you keep that big three together. So it's just like, there's a lot that still just doesn't make sense. That's why you need those second round picks for cheap players to fill the roster. I guess. Yeah. Unfortunately, like two of them are not for, oh, yeah. you know, Beal might be out of the league. By they're, the time they're, yeah, they're in fifth grade right now. They might be Bill's kids at this rate. Um, Although I tell you what, the guy I would like to look at as a future uh, wizard that's the son of a former wizard mm-hmm. is uh, Gilbert's son. He's a six foot four freshman guard, Elijah Arenas. He had a 54 point game against supposedly a very good team the other night. And he just looks like slightly bigger Gilbert already. He's just like cooking dudes. <laughs> so we go after him. We watch the University of St. Louis play. We scout Larry's son, uh, Larry yeah. Jr. Like, we Why just, not? you know, we run the backcourt back, baby. Like, that's what we got to do. Move. That's what we got to do. <laughs> so, 
Uh, we'll earmark a second round pick for at least one of those two young men, and we'll see how it goes. Uh, the other thing, just want to throw out here that we hadn't had a chance to talk about on the pod was was some of Rui's messaging over the last week. When asked about it, he said, "I just want to be somewhere that wants me as a basketball player." And I'll read the rest of the quote here, but I want to come back to that first sentence. I want to be somewhere that likes my game. You know, I know that every coach is not going to like my game. You know what I'm saying? So I just want to be somewhere that trusts and believes in me. I think he has to hear the chatter that part of his value is like the Japanese market and selling cherry blossom themed things and jerseys and stuff like that. Because again, I just want to be somewhere that values me as a basketball player. Not saying that the Wizards don't value him. Uh, it's just maybe they value him for other reasons on top of that, and they're willing to marginalize his skill set and his opinion. That's kind of how I read that. I, I'm, I'm probably reading way too much into it, but uh, you know, he he was definitely like the writing was on the wall there from those quotes. Like he he was ready to go. So, uh, yeah, I think that he was definitely ready to go. I, I I think it would be difficult to like look at how he was kind of patiently how he was brought in. Got you know, like he got his minutes. Sure. Scott Brooks used him differently differently than West Hustle Jr. has. Mm-hmm. Now, the, West Hull, the whole West Hustle Jr. kind of dynamic was impacted by Rui's absence at yeah. the beginning of the third year. Which, I, and I really think, if you look back at it, that's what solidified his where this move. That's what kind of was the precursor yeah. to this move. Agreed. After that, like he just missed so much time. So many things changed on the roster. Kuzma came in, played really well. It's not like Kuzma broke out this year. Kuzma kind of like you know put his you know, kind of put like put his stamp on that power forward position yeah. at the second half of last year. So that kind of really, that's what did it, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think if you look back at it, that's where his standing in the organization changed. But I, aside from that, I don't think Wes and Rui ever really clicked. Yeah. And if you look at it this year, it is kind of, I'm putting, okay, again, putting myself in his shoes, like to do that exercise now. And actually, before I do that, let me kind of just do a little background. I, I have, I've said this, on Twitter, I've said this routinely, like them trading him is logical. Them mm-hmm. trading him makes sense. Sure. They have to pay. They, they well, make sense given their plan. Yeah. They want to pay Kuzma. They want to pay, play, uh, pay Porzingis. You cannot afford all these players. You can't. And, and so, and given his absence, there's been an availability issue. Like he missed half of last season. He gets injured, odd injuries, and he just misses time. So if you can't rely on someone you can't really squeeze that payroll necessary to like justify keeping him. So I understand where the organization came from. And I understand why West Hansel Jr. has kind of put him in the role that he's in. Again, like I said, they're better with him than without him in terms of their record. And I think he is a key component to that bench. So he has him in a role that I think is appropriate and probably the role he's going to play in LA. He's going to be looking, look, looked at to score points off the bench. Um, but putting myself now in his shoes, in his shoes, he was told he had a great camp. He was told he had a good preseason and he actually did play pretty well relative to other young players on this roster. Every time somebody has been out, Denny gets starts. Corey gets starts. Um, uh, Anthony Gill gets starts. Todd Gibson Gibson gets starts. Guess who hasn't had any starts? Rui. So he's probably thinking, okay, they like, no matter what I do, I'm locked in here. I'm locked into this box and they're not going to extend me. So if they're not going to extend me where I want to be extended and I'm locked into this box, why would you as a player want to stay in that situation? Right. Yeah. So it that's, makes sense. Yeah. So it, from a basketball perspective, yes, the organization was patient with him and, 
and you respect kind of how they handled the situation last year, but it's a business. It's a business for them and it's a business for him. Biz, from a business point of view, they moved on and basketball point of view, they moved on from him kind of after that absence, it looks like. And now he's at the point where he's moving on from them. It offends some people that the player exercises that same power that the organization does. It shouldn't. It's both ways. Like, you know, they like they kept him. I wouldn't be surprised if they kept him in part because they had that trip lined up in the in the preseason. You know, um, he it it is time for both parties to split. And it was and, you know, it kind of is what it is. So, like, I have no problem with what he said. I, I, I the dynamic between him and West Hansel Jr. has kind of never been there. And he is probably wondering why other players who, let's be honest, are not playing you know, have strengths and weaknesses, but they aren't like demonstrably better than him. Mm. Why doesn't he get a shot in his mind? Right. Yeah. I, I think that all checks out. And, and I do wonder again, tinfoil hat time, like exactly what you just said about, did they actually hype him up in his camp to help sell some tickets in Japan to get people excited about how good he looked? Or did they do that even to be like, well, you know, maybe we'll see if he has some preseason trade value because uh, we know we're out on this guy already. Right. It's not the first time, like, I don't know, where I work, there's a lot of times where, like, if you can't move somebody, you'll tell another organization that he did a great job in hopes that they'll steal him away and you've promoted him up and out at that point. So it's like, yeah. uh, maybe that that's what they were doing too. Like, man, this Rui guy of ours looks damn good. Hope somebody out there needs a power forward. Exactly. Uh, but, but talking about the dynamic with Wes, like, Let's not forget that Wes Unseld Jr. is the son of Wes Unseld Sr., who is like a toughest shit guy. The hallmark of his Wizards teams, despite being under-talented, they did really play hard. And like Wes Jr., he's an old school kind of guy. Like he's been around the league for a long time. I'm not saying that like the missing games for mental health thing sat poorly with him, but Troy talked about this last week and shameless plug for anyone who hasn't listened to last week's episode. I would say go back and do that. If you haven't, you'll, you'll enjoy it. Uh, it was that the team was underwhelmed by his communication during that process. Yeah. So if you're a coach and you just don't know when you're going to have a guy available that can presumably help you. And when you ask and you ask and you ask, and they can't tell you anything. And he just seems like to you, he's off doing whatever he wants to do. Like I can understand how that would piss a coach off. So yeah. It's not that they weren't patient with him. They didn't do the right thing. They didn't take mental health seriously. It's just at the end of the day, if you're trying to win games and coach for your job and, and every time you lose, everybody's blasting you as a rookie head coach, I'd want all my pieces available to me. So I, I think maybe that's just where they were like, you know what, if I'm West, I'm like, I don't know that this guy will ever be available for me. Like I can't build a starting lineup with him in it. If I don't know that he'll be here long-term was like, Denny would play with like a broken arm last year, essentially. Yeah. And the guy's largely been an iron man. Like I, I know I've, yeah. because I want Denny to be better offensively, the, the Denny hive thinks I'm a Denny hater, but <laughs> I, I do appreciate that. Like his, you know, the, like the, the world's most overused sports cliche about availability is the best ability. It, it It's a big one for Denny. Like if you know, like even if he gave you lesser value than what Rui did, but if he'll do it three times as often, uh, you know, that's, that's something to kind of take into account, I think. Yeah, I definitely think it is. And also like, you also have a defensive minded coach. You can't always tell by the result right. on the floor. You can't really <laughs> in his like, mind, he's a defensive minded coach. In his mind, he's a defensive minded coach and you're not going to get great defense out of Beal. You're not going to get great defense out of, you're going to get average defense out of Kuzma. You're going to get room protection from Porzingis, but you can't ask really them for more. So you got to like depend on your complimentary pieces 
to kind of do more defending, you know? So who's going to give you better defense, Danny or Rui? So like the fit as a starter, that's why I said, I don't have a problem with the role, but I putting myself in Rui's shoe, I can imagine him having an issue with the role. You know what I mean? I totally agree. So like, but I also think maybe Wes, like there were times where I look at the golden state game. It was like earlier last, like, yeah, we could go today. Mm-hmm. He Rui had 16 points playing actually. Well, it was about, a, it was a tie game and he took him out the last six minutes of the game. And there was all the pressure on Kuzma to do the scoring. Yeah. So Kuzma had to do all the scoring. The defense fell apart and Kuzma was forced into taking tough shots. The team basically collapsed the last six minutes of the game. And you could even see, I, I was, I was actually paying attention and Rui was kind of just like off to the side, hanging out with Will Barton not involved in the huddle. So not a probably, good sign. Yeah. Sorry. Not a good <laughs> sign. So he's probably like, you know, all right, fine. Take me out. See what happens. You know? Yeah. I, I think, I think that's where I'm at too here. Uh, yeah. I was, I got two tiny little other things here for you that aren't sure. Rui related. Uh, anything else on the Rui situation or Porzingis leg injury or anything else news related before we kind of close out? Here? Uh, so no, on the Rui side, kind of just one thing like, so I am like, it's, it's just interesting. I think his role was good. Like I said many times on this pod already, he's he was doing fine in it. There's kind of a value in it that maybe is not always seen. Um, I do understand the organization moving on from him, and like this makes sense. Now I want to see like everyone said, oh, he's a terrible defender. The defense should be fixed now, right? So like, find out. just like we found out when uh, when Bobby Portis or Thomas Bryant or yeah. Troy Brown left, I guess the defense part the defense should be fixed part four or part five, whatever part we're on. And is it, it is funny. Cause like his DRTG was like, their defense was better with him on the floor than off. So do I think that was because of him? No, but do I think that he was just like everyone else on the team defensively minus Denny Delon and maybe Gafford? Yes. I think he was just basically like every other guy defensively on the roster. <laughs> The only on-off stat I ever want to hear again is what was the team's record when a guy played and what was the team, the team's record when a guy yeah. didn't play? Like, I, I know that's like a gross oversimplification and, you know, that there's other ways to look at value. But at the end of the day, I do think that's impactful. Yeah. And the Wizards won more games over the last year or two with him in that bench role uh, than they did without him. So we'll, we'll see what that looks like for the people who yeah. thought he was uh, of no value. Uh, you know, we'll, we're about to find out. So you might, you know, you also, might be I, able to take a victory lap or I want to hear some people be like, shit, we do miss Rui. If that's the case, I want people to own it. No one will haze you for it, but I will respect you if uh, you eat a little pro on that. Also, it is ironic that many who said that Rui is so terrible think that this is the beginning of a soft tank. Right. It's like, wait, does that <laughs> mean should, that he, we should notice us? no difference. Yeah. Yeah. We should notice no difference or his absence should help us win. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I also saw a couple of people that hated Rui pretty much from day one, but were were very disappointed by the trade return here. And it's like, it, like both things can't be true. I, I say this every week, but like if a player's shit, you can't expect good things back for him. So just be yeah. consistent. Uh, all right. We learned two things during the pandemic. And well, we learned a lot of things, but two things basketball specific. One, sports documentaries are big. You got Last Chance U basketball and things like that that blew up. And then you've got uh, the Last Dance documentary. So Last Dance and Last Chance, the Wizards' real last um, dance was with Michael Jordan on the Wizards. Mm-hmm. And there's now a report that there's a documentary coming out about his time with the Wizards. Are you excited about this? Yeah, I mean, it's always interesting to find out what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, it was never, I kind of, when I look back at the era, it was like so surreal. 
mm-hmm. it was and you're like I don't necessarily always fully appreciate that Jordan did play for the Wizards. There were some definitely some fun games. I remember sure. him and Jalen Rose and Jermaine O'Neal going at it mm-hmm. and Al Harrington and and like the Ron Mercer block off the backboard. So yeah. there was a lot of there were some fun moments. I also kind of view it as like, man, those were some good drafts that we just lost yeah. high lottery position in. But knowing kind of the background, knowing how injured he actually was, knowing kind of like the things that are haven't been fully reported that you actually mentioned. In, in a book that you had read to me, a couple of things that, that were, I thought were interesting, but kind of getting more info on that would, would definitely be interesting to me. I always like to know you'd like the backstory that doesn't, that comes out 20 years later. <laughs> I think that's the best value added from this documentary is that we can be more masochistic about all of the shit stuff the organization did behind the scenes plug yeah. for that book. It actually, it's the, the word version for, for anyone that does like books still, uh, when nothing else matters by Michael Leahy, the group for the Washington post. So I would say uh, get a copy of that. It's, it's a lot of good behind the scenes stuff. Oz, thank you for the time here. I appreciate you making time for this in real time as the trade was going down. Um, so, so thanks for the perspective as always. Absolutely. All right, everybody, this is believe in wizards, rate review, subscribe again, the whole leaving a review thing really does help us. And if you want to sponsor the show in some way, another shameless plug for that, let us know and we'll figure something out. Uh, we were presented by betonline.ag and we will catch you next time. ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.